What's up, guys? Welcome into another episode of the Fantasy Football Pod with Nick and Cody. Coming at you with a Week 10 Thursday Night Football preview as well as a uh, little trade candidates episode. Going to get you uh, updated on how we feel about a few guys we think you should be targeting and a few guys we think you should be trying to trade away. But Cody... Honestly, uh, while I was doing this intro, I just saw the fact that it was week 10, and I honestly couldn't believe it. It does not feel like we are more than halfway through the fantasy football season. Absolutely wild to me. Uh, how How do you feel about this year so far, Cody? Uh, yeah, absolutely wild to me too. It's crazy. It feels like it's flying by. Um, and it seems like these podcasts keep getting closer together. We record at the same time just about every week, but right. it, they seem like they're just one right after another. It just makes it almost seem like it's going by even faster some ways. But um, no, I'm super excited. I mean, the rest of the year is looking pretty good for a few of my leagues. So I'm very excited about that. And this is a really big episode. Um, hopefully you're able to stick around for the full thing. We have six seven names of people you should go out and get and about six other names of people you should probably be looking to sell um and this this is going to be a big episode we'll definitely look back and review this one when we're you know looking how the fantasy playoffs play out and stuff like that and um but i'm super excited a lot of trade talk happening today it's that time of the year in the fantasy season a lot of leagues are starting to settle in so uh, i'm i'm pumped but looks like we got some injuries and a couple of uh news related items nick you want to go ahead and knock those out first yeah, uh, definitely about to get to the uh, news and injuries that we have. First one, uh, kind of an interesting topic for us to discuss. Before I do that, I do want to say I think we usually do a pretty good job of switching up our you know, our, our preview topic heading into the actual Thursday night preview each week on our, our Thursday night preview episode. But I think we're going to be discussing trade candidates for at least this week, next week, and maybe even the week after just because this is kind of – you know, peak trade season. Right, exactly. This is peak trade season, and this is kind of the time everybody needs to know uh, who they should be trying to capitalize on and who they should be trying to acquire before their league's playoffs start. So kind of wanted to mention that. Uh, Won't be the last trade discussion that we do, but this is a pretty big one uh, to start off kind of our, uh, our, you know, hurry into trade season for fantasy. So uh, we do have a little bit more in the way of news and injuries this week uh, than we usually do on these episodes, honestly. Uh, Not too much comes out on Wednesday practice reports that I like to pay pay attention to. So I kind of save a lot of the injury stuff for the uh, the actual preview episodes. But this week we got some updates on some guys that I think actually matter. First off, this is the the biggest uh, what I would call news item of uh, what we have here today for you. And that is the uh, Jalen Warren, Rashad White discussion. I think they both kind of fit neatly together. We'll start with Jalen Warren. He got a uh, an endorsement from Mike Tomlin. Um, it's it's sort of hard to tell what he thinks when he talks to the media. Sometimes he's very player positive, uh, much like Pete Carroll in that respect. So when someone asks him a question about his guy, it's tough to know if he's really you know endorsing him, telling people that he's going to get a legitimately you know a legit increase of a role in the offense, or if it's just him kind of you know blowing smoke uh, up the media to to sort of just back up his guy. But in this case, it seemed like he was legitimately endorsing Jalen Warren, saying he was going to get some more work and an opportunity maybe to eat into Najee's early down role or just his role in general. Uh, Cody, I don't know if you saw uh, anything that Tomlin said, but uh, had you maybe tried to pick up Jalen Warren or any of your leagues? Does this change your opinion on him as maybe more than just a handcuff to Najee? Uh, how do you feel about the situation? 
Um, rest of season, it definitely perks my interest. And if Jalen Warren's out there in, in your deeper leagues, he's definitely worth an add. Um, as a handcuff, I think, at the moment, though. Um, when you If you were to watch Steeler games, even though I know a lot of people probably try not to with their offense, uh, Jalen Warren looks better than Najee Harris whenever he gets the ball in the backfield. Um, I've... You know, I think we've kind of been on it really since like week one or two that Najee Harris just he's constantly getting hit behind the line of scrimmage or he's jumping into linemen. Like he's not he's not hitting holes hard. Uh, Jalen Warren kind of seems like he kind of maybe hasn't been taught some of the bad things and Najee has by that Pittsburgh offensive line and he's just running full force ahead still. So he's been the more explosive back when you watch their game. So I I would. Um, expect him to get more work. I, I think Najee's not a bad, you know, running back long term, but maybe maybe good on his body in a season where they're not going to compete for him to get a little bit of less of a workload and maybe you know kind of just reset on uh, you know some of those basic fundamentals. Because I mean, do you do you agree with me? I don't know if you've watched any you know tape of Najee, but it's just he's always getting hit behind the line and he's always jumping like tries to do jump cuts, but he's just jumping into offensive linemen half the time. I'm he's not getting around. Anymore. You know, I'm I'm honestly not going to speak to like the tape aspect of what Najee's been doing. I mean, I definitely agree that Jalen Warren, by his metrics, has been a much better rusher to this point in the year than Najee Harris has. But his volume is, you know, nowhere near where Najee is to this point in the year. And usually, what we see with these type of guys is once you give them 15 to 20 carries, their volume comes down considerably. And I would expect that to be the case with Jalen Warren. I'm not saying he can't be a valuable fantasy asset. He should probably be added on even the off chance that he starts splitting with Najee because Pittsburgh's matchups really do kind of, uh, you know, open up here in the back half of the year. They had that stretch we were talking about earlier in the year with really, really tough matchups each week. Those have kind of come to an end. And if Jalen Warren is actually going to get 10 to 15 touches a week, even if it's a small possibility, it's worth the add at this point just because, uh, you know, those type of acts are very valuable. But um, I I would probably expect Najee to keep the job here. Uh, I, I just think that they have too much invested in him to move on to a later round pick in Jalen Warren, sure. especially moving forward. So, uh, this year, I don't think Pittsburgh is worrying about contending too much. I would probably think Najee keeps the job moving forward, but uh, I, I think Jalen Warren is worth an ad just in case he uh, you know, ends up taking over a split share or the whole role here because Pittsburgh really does like yep. to use one guy usually. Um, also, Najee may be sneakily a little bit banged up. I still, think so too. Because he, he did have the injury, so like I'm not trying to say Najee's a broken running back. I've seen a lot of stuff on social media comparing him to Trent Richardson. I'm definitely not going that far. He may just be legitimately hurt, but just not on the injury report because he's able to practice and everything. Right. He's had he had a what was reported as a Liz Frank Liz early Frank. in the year. Yeah. Those type of injuries. Uh, for example, Travis Etienne had a Liz Frank injury. Uh, in the preseason of last year, he sat out the whole year because those type of injuries are very detrimental to running backs specifically, and uh, it's just it's hard to play through. So maybe if that report was true, Najee's trying to play through it. Could be a reason he hasn't looked right this year. Anyway, um, we'll see how it plays out with him and Jalen Warren, but I have another guy I want us to talk about that's Rashad White. It's a similar situation, uh, just kind of in a general sense, not really in like the narrative sense as far as uh, you know Leonard Fournette and Najee Harris, but... Rashad White is a Tampa Bay running back behind uh, Leonard Fournette for the Buccaneers. He's been receiving more work week to week. He's 
basically been splitting uh, between him and Fournette the past two weeks as far as touches go. The the snaps quite have not quite been there. There was a report that came out from a beat reporter this week that says he expects White to become the starter by the end of the year. Now, it was I, I kind of looked into this a little bit because I saw this headline and was pretty interested. I have Rashad White on a couple of my benches, but turns out this was a it, it was it was part of an article that a beat reporter wrote. He was forced to give three bold predictions in the article, and one of the bold predictions was that Rashad White becomes the lead back before the end of the year. So I, I don't know if I take as much credence in that sort of thing as I do from a beat reporter straight out saying, "Hey, I believe Rashad White will be the guy," you know, at some point this year. But it, either way. I think he's worth adding um, just because his Fortnite has looked so bad. How do you feel about uh, either one of these guys moving forward? Uh, we'll get to Leonard Fournette in our buy, buy sell. Uh, Fair enough. List yeah, we'll wait for him. Rashad then. White. Yeah, if he's, if he's still out there in the leagues, he definitely should be added. I do want to give Nick big time props on the Big J journalism, uh, digging into that story a little bit more because I also had heard that on a. Uh, Another fantasy football-related podcast that did not mention that uh, that was a bold prediction by the beat writer. So I was kind of um, lucky to sum up on that, honestly. But yeah, it was uh, once I read that, yeah. I was I it it took a lot of the the kind of clout behind the original headline to me. Yeah, and Rashad's been getting worked in, so like it's not like an insanely bold prediction. Like no, it's, it's not. It is possible, but it's a very veteran team. I don't see them just turning their back on Leonard Fournette. So that's my problem. Um, with we'll it. get we'll get into their yeah we'll get into both of them a little bit more when we talk about Leonard Fournette and our buy sell thing. But uh, yeah, I think if Rashad White's out there on your waiver wire, he's definitely worth an ad. Um, he can be somewhat played. Uh, he may be able to get into the end zone. Not very confident in that, but. Um, He's more of just a stash, and you know, if he takes over, then he could be on a potentially good offense. Yeah, see, that's the problem with me with this situation is that I think if Rashad White quote takes over, it's going to be more like sixty Can to forty. Oh wait, let me... nope. Can you hear me? Can you hear me? And yep. Okay, so my my issue with the Rashad White situation, quick summary: I don't think he's going to get a full share of the backfield, even if he becomes the guy. It's going to be sixty forty. You know, they they actually owe Leonard Fournette a lot of money next year, and if he becomes the guy, they're still going to play Fournette. So I think Warren probably has yep. a higher upside out of those two. I'm going to run through the rest of the injury updates that I have, and then we'll get to our trade uh, segment. Harbaugh, uh, that is John Harbaugh, expects Gus Edwards to play for the Baltimore Ravens in Week 11. They are on bye this week, so that's good news for Gus owners. Jonathan Taylor put in a limited practice today. That's good news for his ankle injury. Continue to watch his a uh, his involvement. Matthew Stafford, this is important. He was placed in the concussion protocol on Wednesday, according to the Rams. Was not reported coming out of the game, so this is new information to us. Uh, it's going to be hard for him to get out of a midseason, you know, placement in the protocol. Although I have absolutely no idea how the protocol works these days, so I used to have some grip on it. I have zero now. So uh, you just you basically have to keep yourself updated on this, and that essentially this is for Cooper Cup owners, including myself. Keeping up, keep an eye on this. I mean, it, you're probably still going to play Cup, but it could make a difference just as far as either DFS or uh, just kind of your expectations going in. So just keep an eye on it. I have no mm-hmm. idea how to uh, interpret the situation. Kyler Murray's day to day with a hamstring injury. That was also a new one. Seems like he'll be fine, but he might run less, which is bad news for him. But probably not going to, you know, make any material investment here. Uh, Damian Pierce also added to the injury report with a chest and shoulder injury, although he was still limited in practice, so I'd expect him to be fine. 
Titans designate Traylon Burks to return from IR today. Uh, I believe he put in a limited practice as well. I'd probably expect him to, you know, take a week or two to get back into football shape, but that was good to see from him. Any reaction to the uh, the injury updates? Uh, we'll again we'll do this uh, before we do the week ten preview, but uh, these were kind of the preliminary yeah. things I have. Yep, I was interested to see Jonathan Taylor was on neither of our buy or sell list because he isn't. He is a very fascinating name in fantasy football right now. Um, if you had to put him in one, or you, you could throw a third category and hold in there as well. What are you doing with Jonathan Taylor right now? If you're if you're the owner, I mean, it's nothing about Jonathan Taylor. I still believe he's a top tier back. It's all about Sam Ellinger. I mean, if they if they have a you know completely incompetent quarterback in there, it's not going to matter how good he is. You know, they're going to put eight, nine guys in the box and just make their sixth round quarterback who has not proven that he can play at even a, you know, backup NFL level consistently throw the yeah. football. And, and if he can't, which, you know, most guys can't uh, when it comes to the you know just vast majority of quarterbacks, it, it's going to be tough for Jonathan Taylor to do anything. So that that's my biggest concern is I need Sam Ellinger to show me that he's at least a capable, like a Taylor Heineke type, you know, somebody that can come in and coordinate an NFL offense well enough for defenses to respect the pass to any degree. He has not shown me that yet. So I, I, that's why I don't want to invest in Jonathan Taylor. I'd call him a hold. Yeah, I, I'm with you. I'd say he's a hold or a sell if you can get value for him, but right now you're probably not getting the value that you want. So I would say hold as well, um, which makes sense why I didn't make our list. Yeah. And that uh, we kind of explained why Matt Ryan's probably not going to come in in a, a recent podcast basically it comes down to some uh, Matt Ryan contract shenanigans. So uh, we, I think personally that Ellinger will definitely finish out the year. And if it's not Ellinger, it's going to be someone that isn't Matt Ryan. So that does not bode well for yep. Jonathan Taylor's long-term aspect. Um, let's go ahead and get into these trade candidates. Uh, we're going to go, we'll go one each uh, and we'll just kind of switch off here and no particular order for me. Uh, I think it's just my top three. This is both running backs, wide receivers, quarterbacks, tight ends, what have you. Uh, I'm going to throw out my honorable mention here. I already talked about him at some length when we did our uh, week nine review. That's Josh Jacobs of the uh, Las Vegas Raiders. Again, won't belabor this, but he's very good at football. He's going to be fine. We made the same proclamation after week three this year, and he had a great run. Uh, these type of running backs that don't catch a you know a ton of passes have down weeks. He'll be fine moving forward. He'll score a couple of touchdowns. You'll feel all better about Josh Jacobs. So go buy him low if you can at you know an RB two price. My first guy. Probably my favorite guy uh, is Amon Ross St. Brown of Detroit, uh, the wide receiver. I absolutely love buying him right now. His involvement with TJ Hawkinson has been absolutely elite. He's had um, a, it's around a 30% target share uh, from Jared Goff since you know the, the beginning of 2021. Anytime TJ Hawkinson has not been on the field, he will obviously not be there the rest of the year as he plays for the Vikings now. Uh, he had nine targets last week. The offense didn't really get going, so he had kind of a down week. So you might be able to get him at, you know, wide receiver 20-ish value. I think he's a top 10 guy moving forward in half and full BBR. So please go get Amon Ross St. Brown if you can. Yeah, I, I really like that. Um, I think that you can get him at a pretty good value right now as well. So I go get Amon Ross St. Brown. Uh, my first guy, I don't necessarily think he's my favorite guy on my list, but I do think that he uh, he deserves to be on this list, and that's Kareem Hunt, the running back for the Cleveland Browns. 
Um, really what this comes down to for me is he's coming off a bye week, and before the bye week, um, he was supposed to get traded. I mean, it came out that they wanted a fourth-round pick, and no one bid on it. So they he was up on the trade market. He was supposed to be moved, and no one sent what they wanted. So now that he is here, and they are still somewhat in the picture for the playoffs, that so we'll see what they can get to before Deshaun Watson comes back. I expect him to get integrated more. Um, so right now he's probably at a pretty, you know, probably the lowest value he's had, um, I would say in a while. So I'd go out there, get him. I think he's a great flex option week to week. Um, can even be played up to an RB two if he's, uh, getting the workload that he was before those first couple weeks during the trade deadline, uh, um, saga. And then also he does put, get an upgrade at quarterback in week 13 when Watson comes back. Uh, he's the receiving back in this backfield, so I think he'd get a little slight up or slight bump up for me. Yeah, I I think he he was one of my last few cuts for my third spot on my trade list, so uh, fully support the Kareem Hunt endorsement. Like you said, he should get a, a, a QB upgrade in Week 13. Could help him just the offense in general. Could score a little more. He'll have more touchdown opportunity. And this team, uh, you know, he's in the last year of his contract, so they have no reason to keep him around in years. You know, years future, as they do Nick Chubb. They have Nick Chubb under contract for, I believe, two more years. Might be one. Either way, Chubb's more of a part of this roster moving forward. So, like the call on Kareem Hunt. Uh, Deontay Johnson is my next guy. This is a little controversial. We have not been Deontay Johnson supporters so far this year on this podcast, and I was uh, very vocal in not drafting him at his ADP before the year. But I believe right now presents a buy-low opportunity. He has been extremely heavily targeted this year. That was actually something I bet against coming into this year. I I did not think Mm -hmm. he was going to see the target share that he did in years previous, but he has. He's just also been even more inefficient than he was before, which was not very efficient to begin with. But that being said, uh, we're going to see a condensation of targets uh, with Claypool leaving the, uh, the, the group here in Pittsburgh. Kenny Pickett is a rookie quarterback. He gets better as time goes. Obviously, he gets more reps. He will get better. There's a chance he turns it around in the back half of the year. And like I said earlier for Najee, their schedule opens up quite a bit over the back half. Najee had had bad matchups the past few weeks. So did Deontay Johnson. So I really I could see you know these ten or twelve targets turning into you know five for sixties with the occasional score rather than the you know four for thirty fives they've been the past few weeks. So I'm just betting on a rebound back to the aggregate for Deontay here and a slight improvement Kenny from Kenny Pickett, as well as more targets maybe in the red zone with Claypool leaving. Yeah, I, I don't mind Deontay Johnson. I also like Kenny Pickens as well. Uh, coming off a of zero, George um, Pickett. Right his George Pickens. Week, George Pickens. Thank you. Sorry. Yeah. Um, got distracted. But uh, yeah, no. Uh, George Pickens. He could have potentially got dropped after the zero. I I doubt it. With um, especially now that Claypool got traded, he's probably not out there. But um, I like Johnson, and I also like Pickens just for the same reasons you said. Just there's going to be less targets going uh, being spread out. So yeah, just more volume coming down the stretch especially in PPR leagues. Uh, Deontay Johnson has been a killer in PPR leagues when he's been hyper-targeted, and just the odds of that happening increase uh, dramatically with Claypool leaving. Yep. Quick All point right. on the Pittsburgh guys. I, I just want to say I agree on George Pickens completely. I just feel like Deontay's value is lower. But if you can get George Pickens I, for the same I price, agree as well. absolutely get Pickens as well. He 100% qualifies. Thank you. Go ahead. 
Yeah, absolutely. You can definitely get Johnson for more probably in most situations. But my second guy here, Jeff Wilson, running back Miami Dolphins. Uh, he may have been on some waiver wires this week, so if you missed out on him, um, I think that's okay. Go try and add him to your roster before he emerges as the guy. Um, and this really, you know, to me, Chase Edmonds did not threaten Mostert's workload one bit since really week one. Uh, in Wilson's first game, he comes in and splits carries with him. So um, I think that he is also going to be the pass-catching option in this backfield, which even if they're splitting, gives Wilson the slight edge over Mostert. So if you're someone relying on Mostert, um, maybe even worth trying to go get Jeff Wilson in that situation. So... Um, worst case scenario, if he, you know, if his workload last week was maybe a little flukish and it comes down, I think you have a very, very high level handcuff piece. Uh, if Mostert were to go down and he has been injury prone, Wilson would be the unquestioned guy here, uh, I, I believe, unless they were to go find someone, you know, a free agent or someone gets cut or something like that. Yeah, I'm actually glad you brought Wilson up. I feel like in these segments, we've kind of usually done like a buy low, sell high sort of situation. And this is not necessarily that. This is kind of a a buy high, as it were, because Jeff Wilson went up in value this past week. But we're still For saying, sure. hey, listen, like we think we think his value is going to be higher than it is right now, rest of season. And I, yep. I definitely agree. This is a high-powered offense. Like you said, he split work in his first week in the backfield. I mean, he probably... Again, this was his uh, system back in San Francisco, so he probably didn't have much to learn, but he split carries immediately. At worst, you, you figure he's going to do that the rest of the year at this point, and he might end up you know, becoming a 60-40 guy. And that you know, in this high-powered offense, he's going to be a, a pretty valuable piece as maybe in our back-end RB2, whereas he might be more of a flex guy right now in most people's heads. Good call on yep. Jeff Wilson. I do have one thing I want to ask you real quick before we move sure. on. Would you rather have Jeff Wilson or Kareem Hunt rest of season? That's a good one. Uh, I'm going to go Jeff Wilson, though. I mean, I, th- I just think, okay. um, you know, you got a better offense in Miami. Obviously, Cleveland will have Deshaun Watson back, but who knows how well he'll play a year and a half plus off of football. And um, I-, I think right now Jeff Wilson probably has a bigger role in that offense moving forward uh, just in comparison yeah. with Kareem. So. Um, and I got one more for you yep. before we move on this real quick. Because this is this is coming from a reeling owner of this guy. Fair enough. DeAndre Swift or Jeff Wilson rest of season? <laughs> you have to go with DeAndre Swift. I mean, I, I can't. I, I think so, too. The upside yeah. is just nuclear for DeAndre Swift. And it, even if like, even if Raheem Mostert was to break his, break his ankle in practice tomorrow, it, it's not, you know, he, Jeff Wilson's a high-end RB2 at that point, which is very valuable, but. You know, DeAndre Swift could win your league if he comes back, gets healthy, and gets 15 to 20 touches a game. For sure. My third guy on my list is a quarterback. He plays for the Los Angeles Chargers. That is Justin Herbert. Uh, this was a very close second to Amon Rice St. Brown for my favorite by low guy. And you might want to do it right now, and you're going to suffer this week. Trust me. That I I will tell you that. Maybe make sure you have a streaming quarterback if you want to trade for Justin Herbert. Maybe make sure, you know if you're a six and four team, or uh, excuse me, a five and four, you know six and three type team. This might make more sense for you. But he plays San Francisco this week, so he's going to struggle. He's missing his top two targets. Uh, and he while he you know he played at Atlanta last week, did not play well, and that was an easy matchup. So he's going to need to get his guys back, but. Listen to me. 
Justin Herbert's very good, and these are his next five matchups. Uh, so I'm going to give you the team he plays and then their rank uh, so far this year as far as uh, quarterback points allowed per game. So he plays at home against Kansas City. They are 21st in points allowed per game to the uh, fantasy quarterbacks. Then he plays at Arizona. They are 30th. Then he plays at the Las Vegas Raiders. They are 31st. He plays Miami at home. They are 32nd. And then he plays Tennessee at home. They are 25th. So to say his schedule lightens up quite a bit would be an understatement. Uh, as long as Justin Herbert gets one or you know one of his guys back in the next couple weeks, and then maybe even two towards the end and into the playoffs, uh, he could he could win your league, and he's going to be at probably lower value than you would normally get from him. I think you know Tua or Herbert rest of season. That was a question question we asked on our podcast the other day. I, it's it's pretty close, and I I would consider maybe selling there just because of the upside Herbert presents. Yeah, I I don't I don't mind that one at all actually. Um, whenever you had your three on our show doc before I came in and entered mine, and I think Herbert was probably my favorite guy. Um, whenever I was just thinking of players to go out there and try to get, because um, the quarterback position, especially in leagues where you know maybe your rosters are a little shallower, so the points per position just mean a little bit more. Herbert's one of those guys that can go absolutely nuclear on any given week and win you a week from the quarterback position, and there's probably about four or five of those guys total in the NFL. So he's a guy you definitely should be trying to add, and this is a situation where you would. I mean, he was the second or third quarterback drafted, and you know if someone paid up big for him and he's been performing how he has, granted the pieces around him are missing, they're not going to be very happy with them. So if you can go out there, um, I'm going to actually give you a couple of names and see if you would trade these guys for Justin Herbert first. I think you already said you would trade Tua for Herbert, right? I I would uh, as long as you have a winning record. I, I think that's important. Probably yes. probably more like six and three than five and four. I mean, unless you're, you know, for whatever reason you're confident at five and four, you're going to make the playoffs. But it will it will be a short term downgrade. You just you need to be able to kind of wait it out for maybe two to three weeks for it to turn around for you. Yep, I, I don't mind that. Um, so I think we'll kind of run with that pref that that same narrative there. Would you trade Kyler Murray for uh, Justin Herbert? Absolutely, his his schedule gets horrible later in this year. Arizona has some very Great. tough matchups, and I have no reason to believe, even once Marquise Brown comes back, that this is going to get. You know, much better for Arizona. Their offensive line's bad, and that's not changing. Yep. And then I got one more. I got. I think I think you're going to say no to this one. Um, but Lamar Jackson, would you trade him for Justin Herbert? No. Uh, yeah, but he he has just about as much upside as Justin Herbert. Losing Rashad that, yeah. Bateman hurts. Uh, if they can sign Odell, you know, and he looks at seventy percent like he did last year from in at the Rams, like from what he was when he was you know, Odell Beckham Jr. back uh, four or five years ago. I think he can replace Bateman's production enough to, to give Lamar, you know, top five status. So he, earlier this year with Bateman, I, we were talking about, a th- you know, MVP the, Lamar, yeah. exactly. Yeah. So if he can get to 85% of that, that's probably what we're looking for from Herbert. All right. I got one more for you real quick. Jo- would you trade Justin Fields on his hot streak for Justin Herbert if you can find a way to get that done? Cody. You are tugging at my absolute heartstrings right now. My goodness. Uh, but, yes, I, w- I would trade Justin Fields for Justin Herbert. Yeah, that's, I, you a, can't, that's a great opportunity. Yeah, right yeah, there. exactly. You just cannot turn your back on that kind of track record. I I, I love Justin Fields. 
and I'm going to have an irrational emotion attach emotional attachment to him from what happened last week just because of you know, first time I started him, I he broke the rushing record for quarterbacks, Cody. That doesn't happen, but yeah, it feels good for sure. But Justin Herbert's been good for a long time, and yeah, I think once he gets his guys back, he's going to be great. Yeah, and then I'll, I'll make quick work of my third one here, so we can move on to the cells. But my third guy is Jamar Chase. Um, he did not go to the IR, so he is eligible to come back anytime that he is uh, good and ready. But this really just comes down to the odds of the Chase owner in your league thriving is relatively low. He was either a late first, early second round draft pick, so they've had to try and replace that kind of point scoring. Odds are they probably haven't been able to. They're probably either a middling team or maybe kind of close to out of the playoffs. This is just a great opportunity to try and present a you know, a one-for-one one where maybe you're giving them someone who's playing right now that gives them the hope of winning or a two-for-one where you send off, you know, uh, a good player and a flexible player for Jamar Chase in return. Um, very situational on this one, but he's been out. We haven't been talking about him. I think he still deserves it because when he comes back, he should be the nuclear Jamar Chase that can go off for, you know, two or three touchdowns any given week, and he's someone who can win your league. So when you have a chance to get those guys at a low price, I think you should try and take advantage of it. Yeah, fantastic conclusion here. This is a perfect situation for anyone that, you know, is in a secure playoff spot right now and could use a guy like Jamar Chase, which would be most teams. Um, if you're, you know, if you're, this is basically, like you said, very situational, but if your Jamar Chase owner is under 500, needs wins now, uh, you go offer them a decent player that Jamar Chase is going to be an upgrade over. They get the guy for the next two weeks to put in their lineup and you get Chase when he is healthy and you need him in the playoffs. It's, it's pretty easy, uh, logic wise, and it makes a ton of sense. Yep. For sure. So, uh, my first sell candidate uh, is, you know, maybe slightly biased based on my allegiances to, you know, the actual NFL, but <laughs> I think makes sense as well. That's Juju Smith-Schuster for the Kansas City Chiefs. I think he's valued at, you know, a wide receiver two, maybe back-end wide receiver two right now. I believe he'll be more of a flex play moving forward. He has a 19% target share on the season. A little underwhelming for a volume-driven receiver. You want your slot guys to be closer to 22-23 on that number. Uh, obviously, the Chiefs throw it a lot more than most teams. That will help you at the end of the day in this situation. But the other problem here is I could see this target share moving downward once Kadarius Toney, uh, who they gave up a decent amount of draft capital for, gets worked into the offense more. Obviously, whatever target share he gets is going to have to come away from someone on this team. It's probably going to be more of a committee approach as far as who is losing their targets. But even if you know it goes from 19 to 15, which is a relatively small downgrade, that could be pretty catastrophic for the type of value Smith-Schuster has been providing you as far as uh, mostly volume-driven there. He needs a lot of targets to do what he does best, which is, you know, his, for example, his last game against the Titans. He caught 10 of 12 targets, 88 yards, was great for PPR owners because of all the catches. That's kind of what he does. If he goes down to more of a five or six target guy, it's going to be bad for him. So get wide receiver two value for him if you can, in my opinion. Yeah, I don't hate that. If you can sell high on someone, um, I think wide receiver two value would, would be great. I mean, also last week, they could not run the football whatsoever against Tennessee. Um, I know Andy Reid likes to throw the ball a lot, but I think they would like to establish at least somewhat of a run game, and that would take probably some of that target 
uh, some of those targets down a little bit. And then I think Tony coming in eventually is going to end up, uh, you know, taking eat into that as well. And, you know, if you get Tony worked in in two to three weeks, you're starting to get into the fantasy playoffs with an iffy juju when you could have sold for him for wide receiver two value at this point. I think you got to, you know, you'd be kicking yourself if you don't, if you can make that deal happen. So, um, yeah, I think that's a good one. Uh, my first one here, um, I'm not, and this kind of stinks because I'm not a fan of selling a player at, at low value. Um, and, and the beat reporter, I know Nick kind of debunked that theory, but Leonard Fournette, Tampa Bay, uh, Buccaneers running back. This is simple for me. I think you can still get decent name value for him, um, even though he has not been producing on the field. Um, odds are you're probably not, you know, you, your team has been supporting you around Leonard Fournette. Leonard Fournette has not really won you very many weeks or really kept you afloat in very many at that unless you're in full PPR. So I think he, um, you know, if you need to make a move, I, I don't like trading down at the running back position, but if you can find a way to trade laterally, maybe move Fournette for, you know, the, another, you know, a, a top RB2, I kind of like that move. Um, I'm just kind of getting lower on Fournette rest of season. Just seems like Rashad White's going to at least get some kind of involvement. Um, and like you know, Nick said, he does have a big contract, so you can also use that to your advantage when you are trying to sell him. So a couple names here for you as far as Leonard Fournette goes. I'd like to know who we should be targeting when we're trading him, even if it's laterally for running back. So uh, would you trade Leonard Fournette for Najee Harris? Hmm. Uh, I think at that point I would just hold on to Fournette. I think that's kind of damaged good for damaged goods. I don't think you're getting anything out of that trade. Leonard um, Fournette or David Montgomery. That's another good one. Um, half PPR. In a half PPR league, I think you got to. I think you just got to stick it out with Fournette slightly, um, just because of his his PPR value. I mean, he's just more. He's the passing downs guy for sure. There, White doesn't get too much involvement in through the air. Leonard Fournette or Cordero Patterson. Uh, if I could get Cordero, I would definitely consider it. I mean, you have to at this point. He was the. He got every basically every valuable. Uh, carry for him had a third touchdown that was called back so i mean he's coming off a good week and they said that they want to get him worked in more so um so happy to be on rest of season trade. Really take yeah i think i'd go cordero patterson okay i would agree actually i just i wanted you to give me a, a definite answer i'm wondering uh yeah. who you would think in that situation i have one more for you and it's one you gave me okay. earlier that i struggled with leonard fournette or deandre swift uh, I think I I have to go DeAndre Swift there. Correct. Uh, but I'm not. If I'm the Fournette manager, I would try and make that deal because what does Fournette bring you these next couple of weeks that Swift, you know, is doing? If Swift yeah, takes exactly. two more weeks to get you know worked in, you know, it could be two weeks and Fournette could be somewhat phased out of this offense. So um, Swift is still going to come back and he's still going to eventually get his workload back. I know there's a lot of people in the fantasy world saying Jamal Williams is just going to hold that backfield. That is not the case. And Swift's the pass catcher there. So in half PPR, he's he's probably above Fournette when it comes to pass catching ability. I think that last one is uh, one that you brought up earlier. Uh, kind of why that gave me sort of the idea to to throw a couple at you because I really wanted to ask you what you thought about Swift, but. That might be the guy I would I'm consider swift. targeting 
you know, from a just personal standpoint that I think is you know, maybe somebody you could definitely get for Fournette right now and would be worth it long term. Um, yeah. My next guy is a little controversial, and he just had one of the best fantasy weeks of all time. That is Joe Mixon running back for the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, we're capitalizing on a huge TD outlier game right now. Uh, he's obviously very hot on the you know, fantasy radar right now just because of the amazing game he just put up. But it's almost always a good bet to bet on guys or to, to sell guys that score a ton of touchdowns in a short span of time, even if it's only one game. Here's the other big factor. If you're a team that is set for the playoffs, maybe doesn't need Joe Mixon for the next couple weeks, can afford to have you know a lesser running back and maybe somebody that's going to help you out later, uh, maybe his teammate, Jamar Chase, as Cody suggested earlier. Um, here's the other big factor. His playoff schedule is very bad. Uh, He's playing at Tampa Bay. This is week. These are weeks 15 through 17. So he goes 15 through 17 at Tampa Bay, at New England, and then Buffalo at home. Those are three top 10 defenses. Uh, we don't love to play narratives here, but that one is a little too easy to see. And I think if you can ta- capitalize on both of these factors at the same time before they kind of come to the head, uh, you could get elite RB1 value for Mixon and then have somebody – that's going to help you win your league or at least have a better chance to do so. Yeah, I I like that one a lot. And like you kind of talked about before he scored his touchdowns is usually when it comes to running backs is you'll see a, you'll see a stretch where they don't get any, and then they'll have a game with three or four or five in his situation. So there could be a stretch of four or five games now where we don't see him get in the end zone, but maybe one or two total times. It's just, it's the way averages work out throughout the season um so i i think he is a good sell and like you said everyone knows like jamar Ch- or joe mixon is on everybody's radar right now because he just put up 50 points last week so um you know everybody kind of recognized that and i think you could probably get him for he's worth a lot already as an rb1 value but i feel like you're kind of selling him at his peak right now off that big week which i like a lot yeah, I want to give a couple names I would trade for him real quick. I think the first couple are not yep. that surprising. Last one might be a little more surprising. So I think I am targeting Jalen Waddle from the Dolphins. Not Again, not really a buy low. Excuse me, not really a buy low, but um, he's just fantastic, and I think he's going to continue to be so the rest of the year. DeAndre Hopkins, uh, same thing. Sort of a buy low, had kind of a down week against the Seahawks, but he's very good, will continue to be the number one target in Arizona. And then uh, Amon Ross St. Brown is the last guy I'm targeting for Joe Mixon. Uh, you should probably get a decent or usable running back back with St. Brown right now because of the way uh, his yeah. value is looked at. But I think they will be similar in value moving forward. And again, if you can get a decent asset, maybe a, a low-end RB2 type, starting type for deeper leagues, go ahead and do it for Mixon and St. Brown coming back. Yep, I like it. Uh, my number two guy here, this is... Uh, not really that I'm low on this guy, but I just think what you can give for him is pretty good right now. And that's Debo Samuel, uh, wide receiver for the San Francisco 49ers. Um, right now for me, it's just I think you're going to be able to get more than what he's going to ultimately be worth the rest of the season. Um, and I think he can still be really good, but he's probably still getting traded right now at full wide receiver one value. Um, even though Kittle is back and healthy, Christian McCaffrey is going to be a major factor. 
Brandon Ayuk's kind of developing into, you know, a decent wide receiving option for them now. So there's just a lot of mouths to feed there. Um, now, Debo is definitely probably the number two guy, and he's still going to get, you know, a decent workload. So you can get a haul for him. I just think, you know, when you probably – you go on Twitter and you just look up, you know, trades that involve Debo Samuel – the hauls, you know, the what you're getting back in return, usually you're, you, you'd be pretty happy with. So I would just see what's out there. This isn't a guy that I'm saying you've got to sell now because he's he, a downfall is coming or anything. But if you can get extreme value back, especially if you're a fringe playoff team and you can get some extra pieces to, uh, to push you into the playoffs, I mean, from this stretch until the playoffs start, that's the everybody's main focus is getting set up for the playoffs. Because once you get in there, you never know what can happen any given week. So... He, again, a little situational, but I think it should be thrown out there um, to at least see what you can get for him if you are the owner. Would you be applying the same principle to most other pieces in the San Francisco offense because of the same you know, kind of idea here where there's just a ton of mouths to feed and it's sort of going to bounce back and forth week to week? Like, Is this a you think CMC is taking Samuel's role kind of specifically, or do you think that you would maybe try to sell high on a guy like George Kittle for the same reason. Um, the only reason I probably wouldn't sell high on Kittle is just the tight end, you know, market out there. Yeah. If you go, if you go from Kittle to streaming, you're not going to be very happy. So you're going to have to get some like a, a really good piece or you know a, a tight end of similar level back for me to really kind of get or get Kittle in a trade. Uh, Christian McCaffrey. I don't have him, you know, by, you know, if you if you want to sell him probably similar to Debo, you're going to get a haul for Christian McCaffrey in a league where... Would you do that? Um, you know, what I, I mean, yeah, if I'm in a situation where I need to make the playoffs and I have, you know, if I have a couple holes, like for example, I mean, this is just like an example that I have. I've, I've actively tried to trade CMC, not that I don't want him, but it's a very deep league. It's two running backs, three wide receivers tied in, two flex spots. And right now, I have my two flex spots. One of them is getting filled by Drake London, the other by George Pickens. Um, I have a couple players on my bench I may be able to put in there. But if I could trade CMC for a starting running back and a starting wide receiver, I mean, that's something you have to consider if you're currently not feeling comfortable about your playoff position. I think that uh, that's a good point. I, I'm kind of worried about that as a CMC owner in one of my leagues I you know care a quite deal about. Uh, I... I'm not sure what to expect. I think I think uh, both of these guys' values could drop considerably going into uh, you know next week if one of their role you know if they play a lot of snaps and don't get kind of the same role that we would expect from either one of them. So it's an interesting point. They do kind of play similar roles in this San Francisco offense in my mind, uh, just as far as their skill sets and kind of what we would expect from a Kyle Shanahan offense in general. Uh, so we'll see if they can both coexist, yep. but uh, it might be wise, like you said, to just kind of capitalize on their high-end value if you can. Uh, my last guy is probably my least favorite sell candidate that I have, but uh, I still wanted to include him anyway. I had a few other guys that were vying for this third spot, uh, that, and I ended up choosing DK Metcalf. Um, the reason that I don't love it is because I do think he will have value the rest of the year. Uh, I just think that the value that he presents in the trade market right now is probably a little more than he will have for you. Uh, he's only had two games over 70 yards uh, through nine games played. Uh, he left one due to injury early, so we'll give him that. So it's basically eight, but still two for eight on over 70 yards is not a great ratio. 
Uh, seven and a half yards per target is pretty pedestrian as well so far this year for uh, for reference. His teammate, Tyler Lockett, is at 9.1. So he has been a lot worse efficiency-wise uh, compared to another guy on his team playing in what you would assume is pretty similar situations. Um, so I think DK's just, you know, persona as a top-tier wide receiver in this league, uh, combined with the fact that Seattle has beaten expectations so far, could result in a, you know, if you can, if you could trade him for a wide receiver two type or you know, running back two type, I would probably try to make that move. I think he might be more of a, uh, a flex play wide receiver three rest of season because I, I think he's the wide receiver two on this team. And if not two, one B because Tyler Lockett has been better and has been basically receiving the same amount of targets so far this year. Yeah, I think Tyler Lockett's actually a sneaky trade for candidate. Um, the guy who drafted him is going to be extremely happy with his performance, so it's going to take a little bit to get him. But um, I think Tyler, I agree with you. I think Tyler Lockett might be the number one in this offense. Um, also, with trading DK, and if you did want to consider trading Lockett, I just is Geno Smith a top fifteen quarterback moving forward, or is there just like the biggest correction in NFL history coming down the stretch of the season? So. I, that's another thing that I'm. I'm just not set on him being, you know, a, a you know a, an above average quarterback in the NFL yet. So I just think maybe some of the fortune that these receivers have been receiving uh, may go down down the uh, second half of the season. But yeah, I um, think I think it kind of depends on your belief in G- in Geno more than these receivers themselves. That that is a good point. I don't think Geno can play better than he's played so far this year, so it, it can only go down. But the other point that I that I wanted to get at is that their defense has improved quite a bit, so I, I don't think their passing volume is going to have to be quite what it has been to this point. We know kind of how Pete Carroll wants to operate a game if his team is winning, It's and it's going to be a lot of Kenneth Walker. So um, defense has gotten better, uh, and the efficiency hasn't been as good as maybe people think it has been, so... There's a chance to sell him uh, for a higher value than I think he'll have for you moving forward. Yeah, you nailed it with KW, man. Kenneth Walker's an absolute beast. He he can steal some touchdowns from the 35-yard line from these receivers pretty quick. So, uh, Ramondre Stevenson, running back for the New England Patriots, is my last guy. I hate to put him on this list because I do have him in our Dynasty League. Uh, but I do think that he is someone that um, right now in a – you know, or a mini dynasty, we get four keepers. So full dynasty, I'm probably still holding on to him. But uh, in our in our situation where Stevenson's probably not going to finish the season at a high enough level to be a keeper, I think uh, I you know you could try and trade him at you know pretty high value right now. Um, you know, Harris has been missing for a while, so Stevenson's been the only guy there, and he's been performing very well. Uh, but in my opinion, I don't think Stevenson has been overly dominant, so I don't expect him to maintain a you know large workload over Harris. I do think Stevenson's going to get a lot of the valuable carries as well as the uh, passing down work. So I do think, again, like Debo, he's still going to be a valuable fantasy asset. I just think this may be an opportunity to trade him in for um, maybe a little bit above his value, someone like a Josh Jacobs. Yeah, I uh, I like this one a lot. He actually was the tiebreaker with DK Metcalf for my third spot on the list. So uh, good call here. It's pretty easy, like you laid out. He could lose work later in the year, and I don't see any way that his value really goes much farther up than it is right now because this offense is just kind of always going to be slightly below average. So good call on Ramondre Stevenson. 
All righty. Thursday night football, it's here. Let's go ahead and fly through this thing because, uh, again, there, there's not going to be a ton of discussion here on these teams. It's Atlanta yep. at Carolina. Um, if I'm picking this game on the line, I'm going Carolina at home, plus 2.5, over 42.5. But uh, if you guys have listened to the podcast before, you know I do not like betting divisional games, uh, whether it be the line or the over-under. So my confidence level is only a 4 out of 10 here. I'm not – very excited about betting the lines on this game. Honestly, not very excited about betting any of these single-game parlays that we have for you, but uh, we're going to go ahead and give you our favorite ones anyway. Uh, Cody, you want to start out with your favorite? Yeah, absolutely. So this is a little three-leg parlay I put together um, earlier today. I I don't necessarily mind it. Again, it's going to be a little risky, but I think in these, for one, it's a divisional matchup, so you might as well kind of sprinkle in some parlay, a parlay because it's harder to call the shot in divisional matchups most of the time. Um, I did say sometimes I feel like I can get a good beat on some. I don't have a beat on this game. It can go either way 100%, and I would be... I wouldn't be surprised. Um, but for my three-leg parlay, I got Patterson anytime touchdown. Uh, came back, got the valuable target, supposed to get more work. That dude's going to get in the end zone. I like the Panthers' money line for the parlay. Just give it a little bit of extra juice. I expect this game to be close like the last one, but I do expect it to be lower scoring, under 43.5 at uh, plus 1,355. So $10 wins you 135 uh, not too bad of a parlay. I think that all those are very possible, and I feel like you're getting some pretty good value. Yeah, I like that one a lot. I like it even better than mine, to be honest. But uh, this is the one that I found while searching under the Carolina Panthers section of things because I just believe they're going to win this game. Uh, that's a Deonta Foreman touchdown, 60-plus rushing yards from Foreman, and then 65-plus receiving yards from DJ Moore. We just saw uh, all of these totals smashed by these two players uh, two weeks ago when they played in Atlanta. Uh, So I don't think it's a ton to ask for each one of these guys to do about half of what they did against the Falcons last time out and easily clear this, this line. And if all three of these hit, you get plus 700. It's not a bad bet for me. Yeah, I don't mind the one at all, actually. I just, anytime I do, it seems like anytime I do rush yards or receiving yards, I'm like in the, like I'd be, for 60 plus form in rush yards, I'd finish at 55 every single time I bet those things. I have the worst luck, so yeah, <laughs> well, see, I'll probably I, stay off of it so that way it doesn't have, doesn't, uh, doesn't give you any bad luck on that I one. think this game is kind of marked for regression based on how the last one went. I feel like we're going to get more of a grinded-out divisional battle. So I don't like betting on any of the overs here, but it's hard to put together any decent you know, uh, three-leg parlays like this just betting on under props yeah. it's it, you can't really put them together so we got to go with you know the, the you, we got to bet on things to happen when we when we do these for sure and it just you know when things are happening it'll be a more interesting game to watch but i do want to point out one last little kind of bet i think this one is uh is a solid way maybe you know just kind of help inflate the bankroll a little bit um not anything you i'd put a lot of money on or anything but atlanta it, their defense to score plus 700 and Carolina's defense to score also is plus 700. Um, both quarterbacks are very poor throwers of the football just in general. So I think there could be a chance at a pick six, a chance at a strip six at some point in this game. Um, basically, my philosophy here, you put 10 bucks on both. 
So your $20 wager, if one hits, you know, you're going to profit 50. If a miracle and both hit, you know, you're getting plus, you know, one and over a hundred bucks. I think that would just be a, uh, a fun one to give you some good value. And I think that there's a, a better chance of one of these teams scoring a defensive touchdown than uh, plus 700. Yeah, I like it a lot. You're betting against Marcus Mariota and P.J. Walker to create a defensive touchdown. That's that's a bet that I like to make. Might even parlay this one to really uh, feel real frisky on Thursday night. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll show you the bet slip if that ends up happening. Uh, let's go ahead and preview the actual game. Uh, we, we can get this done pretty quickly here. There's not a ton to talk sure. about here. Uh, on Especially on the Atlanta side, we're, we're only going to talk about one player, essentially. Marcus Mariota, he's a QB2 in Superflex. We're not considering him in one quarterback leagues, even as a streamer. We're starting Cordero Patterson, not starting the rest of the backfield. I'm assuming uh, Cordero will be worked more into the uh, you know the lead role this week. And even if he isn't, he's giving the high-value touches, so I'm not risking putting Algier in there. Hoping to get Drake London going at some point this year, uh, but you cannot start him right now. And then, Cody, I'm going to go ahead and play a game I like to call Kyle Pitts or with you real quick. And I uh, just want, you know, maybe one, you give the answer and then a sentence, and then we'll move on to the next one. So, first one, yep. Kyle Pitts or Pat Fryermuth versus the Saints. I think I'm just rolling with Kyle Pitts in this matchup. Kyle Pitts or Dalton Schultz at the Packers. Um, I like Dalton Schultz to get more involved the more decks there, so I'm just I'm kind of back on my Dalton Schultz train. I'm gonna go Dalton Schultz. Kyle Pitts or Gerald Everett versus the 49ers without potentially the Chargers top two options. Yeah, so uh, this one you have to call your shot on before you're really going to know, um, but I'm going to hold out, I think, Gerald Everett um, over Kyle Pitts this week. I think that both those guys have a good chance at missing, and uh, against the 49ers, I project that the uh, Chargers will probably be down at least a little bit in that game, having to throw the ball, and Gerald Everett is uh, you know, pretty solid tight end. I agree on all of them except Pratt Fryermuth. I would probably go him over Kyle Pitts. I just don't trust Arthur don't Smith to it. throw the ball at all. And, again, condensation of targets without Claypool leaving, I like Fryermuth uh, against a maybe not-so-good Saints defense. Um, Carolina, we, again, don't have to have much of a conversation here. We'll talk a little bit about the running yep. backs and receivers. P.J. Walker, he's barely even a consideration in two QB leagues. I, I don't like the potential that he can get benched. I think there are much, much yep. safer plays uh, on the slate. But if you got to swing sure. for the fences and you're really looking you know, deep, then you can take your shot. Foreman and Hubbard are the other pair here uh, on the running back side. Foreman, obviously, is the one you want. Hubbard is questionable right now, and I doubt they're going to give a giant workload to somebody that is coming off a you know injury where he's he's not cleared yet in the week. So it's he's probably not going to be 100. Uh, percent How do you feel about the Carolina backfield? Yeah, Deontay Foreman, uh, back end RB two. Like you said, even if Chuba does play, he's not going to get enough workload. I think to eat into Foreman this week. Um, so I would have confidence playing him. And then you'd have to have some real stones to put Shuba in your fantasy lineup. Uh, boom, bust, flex option. But, again, extremely risky business. We don't know what his workload will look like at all. I totally agree. Starting Foreman still. Uh, and then Hubbard, if he plays, is a desperation option at flex at best. Uh, and then the wide receivers, DJ Moore. 
think he's again what he is uh, as you have in the notes here it's a good point uh, he's he's a back end wide receiver too he's boom bust just because he boomed two weeks ago against Atlanta doesn't mean he's going to do the same at home here but uh, he has the chance to so he's probably in your lineup as a wide receiver too especially with buys um, and then Terrace Marshall I find pretty interesting especially in keeper leagues he's only 22 years old he's getting a ton of snaps right now he's basically you know he's turned into the starter without Robbie Anderson there and he's been okay the past couple weeks uh, last week was a, a lot due to garbage time so I don't put a, like to put a ton of stock in it but you know he's only 22 he has a chance to play a ton in this offense and if they're going to be down and playing you know maybe another high scoring game here then it could be interesting I'm probably not I don't have the stones to start him, but I am holding him in any sort of keeper situation and maybe deeper, deeper leagues. Yeah, I think I think you nailed it, um, DJ Moore. Like if you played him last week, I imagine you're imagine you're going to play him this week against Atlanta. He just is who he is. And then uh, Marshall, I you know I, I guess it just never really clicked to me because I kind of just stopped caring about the Carolina Panthers once McCaffrey left, but. Also kind of forgot that Robbie Anderson got sent away at the trade deadline as well. So I'm actually a little bit, you know, I understand why Terrence Marshall's getting maybe a little bit more interest than uh, he was before. Don't mind it. Again, you're just, you're relying on, you know, what maybe he, maybe he does take over, you know, DJ Moore as the number one guy for whoever their quarterback is. But, you know, ultimately it's, you know, you're, if you're going to play Terrence Marshall, I would say he's, you know, just a downgraded version of DJ Moore. So, I very risky business, but long term play. If you want to hold them for a couple weeks, see what can happen. I, I can't blame you because I probably got players worse on my benches than Terrence Marshall. So <laughs> don't blame you there. Yeah, uh, again, that's just this is a deep league play and more of a, a keeper league play because he's very young, but he's he's playing a lot and has a chance to you know get some targets and earn uh, a share of this offense. Yeah, maybe you know they may have a top three pick. They may be getting themselves one of the top. Uh, quarterbacks coming out of college so they may they may actually have a decent turnaround on their offense next year but i think that wraps it up i don't think there's any tight end option you're going to be worrying about for carolina this week even in dfs plays so uh, besides that i think we're good i just want to point out if uh you know there's any players in our buy uh sell segment that we did not touch on that maybe you are curious about uh drop them in the comments on social hit us up through our dms on social or text us if you have our numbers uh, be happy to help you out um, unless I'm playing you this week don't do that to me because then I feel bad but I'm not giving you help so. do it to <laughs> yeah not happening but um, besides that Nick if you don't have anything else to say I'm going to get us out of here man let's do it alright peace out everybody